Hello and welcome to the Monroe Method Clancast. My name is Jason Monroe and this is episode 20. Welcome, welcome. Uh, before I talk about anything nutrition related, I feel like I need to share this incredible energy saving tip with everyone that I think people don't realise. Now, I've not really found a platform to share this, um, but I'm going to share it with you. Because it's getting colder. Today it was zero degrees outside. I think it's the coldest day so far. And something interesting has happened quite a few times now. Um, and it just got me thinking about this. So I'll go take the dog a walk very early in the morning at the weekends. Um, we'll go away for an hour. I'll come back <laughs> wet in buckets uh, because part of the walk in the way back's uphill and I'll come in the back door I'll open the door and my wife will say you know I'll walk in and be like holy fuck it is roasting in here and my wife will be like shut the door it's freezing in here now we're both experiencing the exact same temperature the difference is I'm coming from a cold environment and she's already gotten used to a warm environment to the point where it doesn't feel warm enough it's a bit like when you you go in the bath for the first time, right? It feels absolutely burning and you manage to ease yourself into it and within five minutes it just starts to feel normal and you want to heat it up a bit. So, my energy saving tip for you is next time you're sitting on the couch watching the TV and you're like, oh, it's getting chilly in here and it's not really. Because I do this all the time. I'll go look at... I'm, I'm the heating guy in the house. I'm the thermostat guy in the house. I'll go look at the thermostat. Even myself, I'll be like, God, it feels cold in here. And I'll look at it I'm like, nope, it's still the same temperature it was an hour ago when you felt fine. It's you, it's not the temperature. So I'll go and stand outside for a minute. That's the solution. When you reach a point where the temperature in your house feels uncomfortable, but it was fine just an hour or so ago, go stand, go stand outside for a few minutes. Go out the back, shut the door, stand there, experience the cold, step back inside, and all of a sudden, what was starting to feel a little chilly, will now feel like a furnace. You're welcome. That tip will save you hundreds of pounds across a year in your gas or electricity, however you heat your house. Anyway, today we are going to talk about, what are we going to talk about? Let's take a look at the post I put up in Clan Monroe at the weekend and see which suggestions were made. So the first one, Oh, a podcast thought. A podcast thought from Gemma. Changing your mindset and how long the process is. How it's not an overnight thing. I still really have to focus on how I think about food and speak about it. I've changed a lot this year working with you, but I still feel like there's a long way to go to really know how to process thoughts, if that makes sense. Yes, it makes sense. Um, and the other one podcast how this is from Gail how not to compare yourself or your success with others for example weight loss envy also how not to become despondent if you know it will take a long time okay where will we start with this let's start with Gail Gail's one how not to compare yourself or your success to others I don't really have advice on how not to do that um as with almost absolutely bloody everything I talk about, it's not about coming at it from that angle, how to stop doing something, how to not do something. 
Instead, it's more about understanding why you do that in the first place and, and understanding that and making changes to that, right? So let's break this one down. Why would someone compare, so what do we say, yourself or your success with others? So weight loss envy, right? So why would you want to compare your progress to someone else? To someone else? It probably comes from a his, your history, your diet history, the things that you've been exposed to in the past. So if you've been to Slimming World or Weight Watchers or similar, it is very much about trying to lose as much weight as you possibly can in the shortest amount of time, right? That's the foundation of it. People, My mum is a great example of this. She takes so much, or she did anyway, when she used to do this, she took so much pride in the duration. You know, it was never enough just to tell someone that she'd lost a stone or two stone or three stone or whatever it was. It always had to be, I've lost that three stone in X weeks. The weeks always had to be on there. Those were big bragging rights, right? Because the more weight you could lose in the shortest amount of time, it was it, it was more celebrated because that's what Slumming World and Weight Watchers do to you, right? You go to group, all these, you know, everybody gets this clap, sitting, clapping like seals at losses, commiserating with gains and maintains. And that's what it's all about. Losses equal success. The bigger the loss, the better, because the bigger the loss, you'll get slimmer of the week. The more weight you lose in this amount of time, you've got a chance of becoming slimmer of the, slimmer of the year. And it's all very cleverly marketed and thought out to give this illusion of success. Um, so, understanding why you are comparing yourself to others is the start point. So that's the question I'll ask you. Why are you comparing? In fact, no, first of all, what do you determine success to be? That's a good start point. So with weight loss, here's my definition of success. Success to me is losing the weight. That's probably not the number one thing, but it's part of it. So yes, losing the weight plays a part. If you go to Slimming World and Weight Watchers, that's the only measure of success, right? They don't measure your relationship with food. They don't measure your habits. They don't measure your mindset. They don't check to see how fucking disordered your eating is or your weigh day rituals are. They just want to know what that number is, how much lower it is than the start number, and if you're at your target or not. And if you, if you tick those boxes, then well done you. More clapping like seals. You're a success. Doesn't matter that you've binged and restricted, binged and restricted your way to that number. It doesn't matter now that you now can't enjoy all your favourite foods. As long as you've reached that number. So it depends on what your definition of success is. My definition of success is, as I said, losing the weight is a very small part of it. More important than that is, what's changed about you as a person? Because that's ultimately the reason why your weight is where it is, because there is something about you, your thoughts, your habits, your lifestyle, that has led your weight to reaching where it reached. Right? Your weight doesn't just do anything by itself. Your weight is the end result, the outcome of how you are living how you think about food, how you feel about food, how you use food, how you behave around it, 
what you use food for beyond hunger, stress, boredom, happiness, sadness, loneliness. So the next part of success would be what's changed about you as a person? Thinking about all the all the things that contributed to getting you to a place where you felt like you had weight to lose. Have you changed as a person during the process of weight loss? Do you now have all of the tools, knowledge and skills that you need to go on and be successful on your own? So that's how I measure success in my clients. Have we changed all the things that we needed to change to allow that person to now leave me because I don't want you to be a slave to dieting any longer than you already have been. Most people that come to work with me have been dieting for most of their adult, adult lives. Do you have everything that you need to go on and be successful on your own? Have you reached whatever your goal was? Are you happy? Are you confident? Are you enjoying the food that you're eating? Do you have a well-balanced diet that's going to support your health in the long term? All of these things are measures of success, okay? It is not just a number on the scale. That's how, that's what diet clubs do to you, right? You reach the target number, you stop paying, but you keep going because you've not changed as a person, you've not learned anything of value, you don't know how to go on and maintain your weight on your own because you only know that when you follow this plan, your weight went here. And now there's this attachment between, well, I have to keep doing this plan because I want to hold on to these results. I don't know how to do anything else to hold on to these results other than continue continuing to follow these guidelines, to follow this plan. So coming back to Gail's question, how not to compare yourself or your success to others with weight loss? Um, it depends on how you measure success. So first of all, let's get the correct measure of success in there. Remember, all these people that you see on social media, you're not seeing what... Think about everything. everyone listening to this right now. Think about some of the shit that you have had to do or you have done in the past to achieve a number on a scale. Thinking back to what you've done before, I mean, some of you might still be going to Slimming World right now that are listening to this. What do you do the 24 hours before weigh day, before weigh-in? How many disordered habits do you have? Do you stop eating carbs after seven? Do you stop eating entirely after seven the night before? Do you not eat all day the next again day? Do you take off all your jewellery? Do you squeeze out as many peas as you can? Do you drink a pile of water to try and cleanse yourself or flush yourself out? Detox, that's the word I'm looking for. Honestly, I put up one of the posts that I put up last week on Instagram. It was, oh my God, what one was it? Because I've done quite a few recently. Was it the one about five, five ways Slimming World ruined you now? It was one of my most popular posts, 347 likes, 100 comments. And my God, some of the comments. He, here's a, oh, this was one of the best ones, okay? Someone commented, you know, so I, I spoke about some of the disordered things that people do to get a number on a scale. 
Someone commented, Nicola, the best one for me was, can you take your bra off and step on the scales backwards? I'm not joking. That's, <laughs> that's what someone was asked to do by their Slimming World consultant. So they've stepped on the scale. They've either had a maintain or a gain. The consultant doesn't want that. So they've asked the person to, can you just go take off your bra and come back and stand on the scales backwards? Now, honestly, I thought I had heard everything in my five years of helping thousands of ex-Slimming World members, but that was a new one on me. As was, wait, where was the other one? And then there's another one that says they were asked to raise their arms above their head to make the number on the scale change. What was the final one? There was another, oh, there it is. We were told to breathe right out and do the opposite to holding your breath in case the air in our lungs made a difference. Honestly. I thought these people were at the wind up when they were making these comments in the post. And, you know, and people wonder why I talk about Slimming World so much. This disordered shit that people end up doing all in the pursuit of changing a number on a bloody scale. So, back to the topic. Changing your perspective of success is probably one of the key things behind this. So rather than how to not compare yourself to other people, first of all, changing your definition of what success is to you, right? So, in Gail's instance, she's came to work with me without looking up her details. She probably has a lengthy history from bouncing from diet to diet because most people I work with do. Um, ingrained in her is that success equals a number on the scale. And then that the comparison then becomes, oh, look at how much weight they've lost doing that. Look how short a time they reached a goal doing that. Okay, you become less interested in those things once you change your definition of success. So these people that you're likely comparing yourself to, they are probably going through the exact same things that you are. They are at, you know, what you see right now from someone else, they are at a point in their journey where they have reached, let's say someone's going to lose weight 20 times over 10 years, okay? They've followed Slimming World, they've reached a target, they've reached a point in life that you were at once before. Now that they've reached that target, you will probably see that same person in a year's time, two years time, hashtag on my way back to target, hashtag let's do this again, hashtag this time it's going to work, or all that shit. It's... Oh. Honestly, this gets to me so much. It really does. It's such a battle. Trying to help people realise that the things that they are doing to lose weight are the very things keeping them stuck, trapped in this never-ending cycle of having weight to lose. So you are comparing yourself to someone who is probably struggling with their weight 
you're just measuring this very small moment in their life where they've had this success. But in six months' time, that success will be gone. And they'll probably be doing it all over again. It's November right now, the end of November. Christmas is just a month away. That same person that you're comparing yourself to might put a stone on over the next four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. Because they don't know how to live. They don't know how to live and not gain weight. They don't know how to not follow a plan and not gain weight. So changing your definition of what success is, changing your goal would be the next thing. So I, I tell this to every, including Gail, every single person that comes to work with me inside our coaching groups. Your goal here, I've said it many times on many episodes of this podcast, your goal with me is not to lose weight, right? That's, that's a given. That's what's going to happen. But it's not the main focus. Your time spent with me is learning how to change the things about yourself that need to change in order to make your weight a non-issue in the future. In order to free yourself from a lifetime of dieting. Because people just treat their weight as the problem. I have weight to lose. I need to go on a diet to make my weight come down. Great, now it's done. What do we do now? Well, we go back to normal. The same normal that led you to want to lose weight in the first place. Your weight is never the problem. Your weight is the end result of a number of other problems. And to solve the puzzle that is your weight, we need to solve all those other problems. That's This is where people get it wrong over and over again. They treat the outcome of their actions. They don't change their actions. They temporarily stop doing the things that led to weight gain while they follow a plan. Their weight comes down and then they go back to normal. So you're compa- you know, comparing yourself to others is like looking at the size of house someone lives in and saying, well, why, do I ha- why don't I have a house like that? Why don't I have a car like that? Why, do I, why don't I go on 5,000 pound cruises? <laughs> because you don't have the money to do that. Why don't you have the money to do that? Well, because you don't have the income that they have. You haven't gone down the career path that they have. You haven't made the investments that they have. It's Honestly, compare, when it comes to money, comparing yourself <laughs> to others is one of the most ridiculous things to do. We all have different incomes. We've all gone down different paths. We all have different amounts of money in the bank right now. None of it is relevant to anyone else. And what anyone else does or has isn't relevant to you. So comparing. Oh, this is the other thing as well, right? You actually have to like... You have to see your weight for what it is and see food for what it is. So... Comparing, let's break food down to its base level, right? What is food? Food is a physical representation of the energy, the fuel that our body runs on. If you have a car, a petrol car, that car can only run on petrol. The food that that car eats is petrol. No petrol, no travelling. 
for us. Calories are our fuel. However, we're quite lucky that calories come in many different delicious formats. So the food that we eat is the fuel that our body runs on, not other people's, our body. And each of us individually, we all have our own energy needs. Okay, I need around two, three. Personally, I need 2,300 to 2,500 calories per day to run my body. That's how much fuel I need. It's then up to me to choose how I balance that two, three to two, five calories and translate it to a balance of food that I eat, that I enjoy, that keeps me satisfied and supports my health and also doesn't lead to weight gain. Now, I can't compare what other people are eating to what I'm eating. I can't compare a five-foot female doing 3,000 steps. I can, or I can eat more than you. No, that's not the case. I can't eat more than you. Because that person needs to eat as much as they need to eat, right? Their calorie burns 1,800 calories per day. I'm not eating more than them. I'm eating the same as them. I'm eating to meet my needs. My needs just happen to be a little higher because I average around 12,000 steps a day. I'm a male, which means I carry more muscle mass, which means our calorie burn is a little bit higher. That's just how genetics work. So I'm not eating more than that person. I'm eating relevant to my needs they're eating relevant to their needs. It's not a competition to see who can eat more than someone else. I think this is one of the things that gets a lot of people down where they see things on social media, they see other people losing weight and all the rest of it, but they appear to be eating out a lot. They appear to be having takeaways a lot. They appear to be drinking a lot of alcohol. What what does that matter? What does that matter? Because all that you're seeing is a snapshot of their calorie intake for the day. That takeaway that they had might have been the only thing they ate that day. That meal out that they had, they might have starved themselves all day to accommodate that meal. What other people are doing to manage their weight has no relevance to you. And I'll... I think a lot of this comes from Slimming World, again. Where it becomes this playground to see who can who can eat the most and still make progress. Who can eat all the free foods? Who can use all their sins? You know, how much can we eat? And it, 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 it no longer becomes about eating to fuel your body or eating to your needs or eating to your hunger and stopping when you're satisfied. It's a game of... Well, how much can I get away with eating and still see a result on the scale? I've just posted a reel today, a transformation reel. Today, you'll you'll hear this on... In fact, you will hear this today because I'm recording it Monday morning. Um, I've just posted a reel today of one of my members, Laura. She lost five stone in time for our wedding. And one of the things that I highlighted from her testimonial was that she was clinging to the hope that she could still continue to eat all this free food and lose weight and it wasn't working 
So switching away from the idea that you should be able to, that, that food should be about trying to eat as much as you can or trying to be as full as you can or trying to enjoy the taste of something as much as you can. Breaking food down to its base level, not completely because you don't want to spoil it for yourself. You don't want to get to a point where it's like, oh, every single thing I eat, I eat to fuel my body and look after my health. That's not balance. That's heading into extremes and nothing good comes from heading into extremes. But eating to fuel your body most of the time, your body, not anyone else's, not what anyone else is doing, not eating things because it's what other people are eating or doing things because it's what other people are doing. This is where people make such a mistake. You know, you'll see a picture of an influencer, some influencer on social media. Can you show me what a day of eating looks like? Honest to God. Of all the stupid things in this world that were ever invented, here's a day of eating. It's it's right up there. Here is a 22-year-old fitness influencer who doesn't have a job. Well, they do have a job, but their job is to go to the gym and post videos of themselves and be sponsored by Gymshark and whatever else. Burning two and a half thousand calories a day, hitting the gym twice a day, five days a week. Look at me, look at everything I'm eating. Here's what I eat in a day. And you're sitting at that from your desk that you're strapped to, like me, for eight hours a day, Monday to Friday, and going, ah, so for me to look like that person, I just need to eat like that. No, that's not how it works. So, how not to compare your success with others. Hopefully I've just completely ruined that for you now by helping you realise that what other people are doing with their bodies has absolutely no relevance to what you are doing with your body. All you see is the end result. All you see is the before and after. Here's what I looked like eight months ago. Here's what I look like now. You do not know any of the struggles that went on between those two points. Yes, they might reference it. They might allude to it. Here's me. I've lost fucking whatever it is in eight months. It's not always been easy and it's had its ups and downs, but perseverance and willpower and blah, 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 blah. All that shit that people say. You don't know what those ups and downs were. You don't know if that person's been sticking their hands down their throat and making themselves sick. You don't know if they've been binging every weekend and starving themselves on a Monday, Tuesday. You don't know anything. In fact, the only thing you do know is what they've chose to tell you, what they've chose to show you. Remember, Instagram is a highlight reel of what someone is doing. Someone... Someone commented in one of my Slimming World posts last night. Now, I know they were drunk because the last um, the last thing they posted on their grid was this big jug of gin saying, oh, gin measured out for the evening, um, whatever it was, 15 sins of deliciousness or some crap like that. And then four hours later, commenting on my posts, oh, but if Slimming World this and Slimming World that, and just jump into its defence, half cut, right? So anyway... I just ignore people like that. But I took a look at their Instagram account, which is how I know about the the gin post being the most recent one. And there was another one on there talking about, you know, hashtag back on plan today. 
If anyone sees me not posting my food for a while, give me a kick up the bum. And I just thought, you know, that is such a great example of how people only share when things are going well. Not not everyone, like some people do share the tough times, right? But many people do that. Look at all these meals. Look how great this is. Look at this free food. Look at these speed foods. Blah, blah, blah. Every meal, every sin value, every this, every that, every healthy extra. And then radio silence for days. You know, and that post that she put up just showed that if you see me stop posting my meals, it's because I'm no longer, you know, I'm hashtag off plan. And if you see that happening, give me a kick up the bum. So it's just a great example of how people are only sharing the good bits. And, you know, you are comparing your whole life to the best parts of someone else's life. It's that thing that I say, comparison. No, it's perfection, but it applies to comparison as well. Comparison. People say comparison. (laughs) Comparison. People say that comparison is the thief of joy, but I say comparison is the enemy of progress because you allow your progress, and this is me circling back to the whole, that it's your body, it's the food that you eat to fuel your body. You're comparing your progress to someone else's and you then allow someone, you you allow the way that someone else is looking after their body to influence the way that you choose to look after your body. That's why comparison is the enemy of progress because you allow what other people are doing to influence what you're doing. And then it becomes the enemy of progress because it slows you down. You're, You're allowing that highlight reel from someone else to influence your whole life. So, I thought it was a very long reply to that. Um, how to, how not to, so yeah, rounding that off. How not to compare yourself. It's not about not comparing yourself. It's about understanding why you are doing what you are doing. Why you are looking after your body the way you're looking after it and the things that you want to achieve. There, there, weight loss is not a place for comparison. It's a place for comparison when you treat success in the wrong way. When you treat success as losing X amount in X amount of time, that's where the comparison stuff comes in. I did this in three months, they did that in six months. Why is it taking me eight months of all that nonsense, right? Forget about it. Switch your thinking over to the important things. And with you, Gail, the important things that we talk about inside Clan Monroe. You are not here to lose weight. You are here to change as a person, to positively improve all of the things about you that need to improve in order to make your weight a non-issue. Because remember, your weight is just a passenger along for the ride. Your weight does not do anything. It goes where your thoughts, your feelings your habits, your behaviours, all of that. Your weight goes where that is. Wherever, it's it's like, you know, if you think about it in financial terms, 
if you spend more money than you make, then your debt will come down and meet you. No, your debt would increase. Your debt will come up and meet you at the point where you are living. If you're making £2,000 a month and spending £2,500 a month, every month that debt is coming up by 500, 500, 500. If you're burning 2,000 calories and you're consuming 2,500, every month your weight's coming up by £4, £4, £4. Your weight will come to meet you where you are living. Your weight is never the problem, ever. And if we keep it on the financial thing, you know, it's like, let's say, I've got friends that are terrible with money, right? Incredibly terrible with money. They always have been. And I hope they aren't always. But it looks like they probably will be. Now, let's say I win the lottery and I step in and say, Dave, it's not Dave, but let's say I step in and say, Dave, I'm not going to give you the money. What I'm going to do is you're going to tell me how much you owe to everything. I am going to write a check to each of those companies and I am going to wipe the slate clean for you. And Dave would be absolutely ecstatic and so grateful and so thankful. But what's changed? What's changed about Dave with me stepping in and doing that? What's changed about his spending habits? What's changed about the amount of money he makes? What's changed about his lifestyle? Nothing. Someone has just wiped the slate clean for him so that he can continue to be who he always has been and start getting back into the same position again. I solved the the outcome of his problems by taking his debt away, but he is still the exact same person that got into debt in the first place. He has not changed as a person. Hopefully you can get the point that I'm trying to make here that if I could step in right now, wave a magic wand and take you to whatever it is, eight, no, 8 stone, 9 stone, 10 stone, 11 stone, right? Whatever number is relevant to you, whatever number you would be absolutely over the moon at, if I could step in right now, now wave a wand or click my fingers and make you the weight you wanted to be, what would you know about maintaining that weight? How would you know how to look after this new, smaller body with lower energy needs? You wouldn't. Because nothing about you has changed. You are still the person who lives outside of their body's needs. You are still the person who has a lifestyle that leads to weight gain. All I've done is change the number attached to your weight, I've changed your physical appearance, but you haven't changed. You are still that same person. So, that was a very long answer to that one thing, but hopefully it helps get the point across, right? You basically need to stop thinking about weight loss and start thinking about changing from someone that that someone uh, changing from someone that gains weight to changing someone that knows how to maintain their weight because that's the real issue right it's not that you have weight to lose it's that you don't know how to not gain weight as ever coming at it from the different the, the completely opposite angle coming at it from the right angle like most things people just come at these things from the wrong way 
how do I stop myself from doing this? How do I stop myself from doing that? That's not the angle. The angle is, why do you want to do that thing in the first place? What benefit are you getting from it? Understanding that is how you start to change something. So, the other question. It was Gemma, wasn't it? Changing your mindset and how long the process is. Yeah. How it's not an overnight thing. It's not an overnight thing because it's not an overnight thing. How many years have you spent getting to this point right now? That's Alexa reminding me to go and pick up the kids from school. Think about how long it has taken you to reach this point. Think about how long it's taken you to develop your current behaviours, your current habits. Think about every single diet that you have put yourself through and the things that you've came away from it with, right? So someone goes from Weight Watchers to Slimming World to trying Herbalife to trying Slim Fast to trying ketones, to trying whatever else there is, right? Every single stepping stone on that journey leads to new thoughts, leads to new bad foods and new good foods, leads to new approaches, leads to new disordered behaviours. Where you are at right now, at this moment, listening to this podcast, wherever you are, you are the product of your previous experiences, You are the product of the past 20, 30, 40, 50 years, however old you are. To change, it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, that should probably go without saying, I would hope. You're not going to undo 20, 30 years of habits of disordered thoughts and behaviours overnight. And yeah, changing your mindset about how long the process is. This kind of comes back to my kind of previous answer. When you're thinking of it like that, you're treating this as a process that has an end point. There is no end point. But you think there's an end point because you're thinking about the number on the scale. There is no, like, again, bringing it back to finances. You are going to have money or you're going to manage money for the rest of your life, right? There is no end point to getting good at managing money. You'll do it for your whole life. And not only that, there will it's, do you know what? It's such a great comparison. Life will fluctuate. You might change jobs. You might lose a job. You might get a pay rise. You might get a pay decrease. You might get made redundant. You might get a lottery win. You might, I don't know, go through something that ends up costing you a massive expense. And you will have to, at every stage, learn how to manage your money around that. There's no end point. Your weight is an extension of your health, right? It's a part of your health. Your health is part of your body. Your body is with you for your whole life. Your health will not be the same for your entire life. Your weight will not be the same for your entire life because... Different things will happen throughout life. I I spoke about this with one of my private clients who um, she's going through a point just now where she's quite ill and we're working on managing our nutrition through this illness until she can get her operation. And I said, you know, you're going through one of the biggest things you can, you know, like surgery, moving house, starting a new job, getting married, having kids. 
Was there any more? Nope. I think these are the kind of biggest ones that, you know, completely turn people's lives upside down for a time. Now, these are things that are going to happen to you for the rest of your life. Your health, you will have to manage your health and by extension your weight around those things as life goes on. So this process has no end point. I've spoken about your relationship with food. Your relationship with food is like any other meaningful relationship in your life, with your partner, with your kids, with your friends, with your family. They take work. They take investment. Not financially, but investments of time. Your relationship with food is no different to that. It takes time and effort. And it's something that will be with you for your whole life. So... Changing your mindset a bit around how long the process is, a large part of that is understanding that the process isn't long. It's a lifelong thing. And and that removing that short-term expectation of it, this whole overnight thing, expecting something just to change. Sorry, not you're not expecting something to change overnight, but there's the expectation that you're going to reach this point where something's just going to click. Something's just going to be different. And that's not what it's like, right? It's it's a complete anticlimax. It's like when I got my nutritionist qualification, I sat all day and refresh on my inbox, waiting on that email to come in to tell me, yes, you've passed or no, you haven't. You know, and when it came in and says, congratulations, you have passed. <laughs> it was the biggest anticlimax in the world because I did not become a nutritionist on that day. I became a nutritionist over the, whatever it was, 14, 15 months of doing that course. I was already a nutritionist. I was just waiting on a piece of paper to say yes or no, you were. And it's similar to this. You're not just going to wake up one day and have a great relationship with food. What I've just told you there about my nutrition qualification, I tell that to people who reach a number on a scale. You know, it's all about this number and then they wake up one day and they see it and I'll ask the question, how did you feel? And they'll be like, well, it's a bit of an anticlimax. I'm like, yep, because you did not just become that weight on that day. You've spent the last 8, 10, 12 months becoming a person that can live at that weight. I've said this to many of the kind of super successful guys in the past, like Marnie and Andy. Um... especially Andy, I said this to him all the time, I was like, you know, he was already, he, he reached the point of being able, of becoming who he needed to become six months before he reached the kind of goal weight that he had set, right? We got to a point where we had nothing left to fix, nothing left to resolve, nothing left to teach, nothing left to change. We reached a place where it was like, Andy, I can't do anything more for you. You are now exactly who you need to be to maintain your weight in the future. The only thing we're waiting for now is the passage of time for your weight to come down to the point where you want to stop it coming down and then you can carry on. So it's a very anticlimactic thing. There's no... um, What's the word I want to use? There's no like massive aha moment. It's not, there's no like massive click. You don't just wake up one day and it's like this overwhelming feeling of, oh wow, I've got a great relationship with food today. 
It doesn't work like that. Every single day, over time, you slowly become the person that you need to become. And you won't even realise that you've become that person. You might wake up one day and, you know, like, I see this a lot at check-ins. First question, tell me about the NSVs that have happened this fortnight. NSVs, non-scale victories. And that will give you some insight. Someone will say, do you know what? I was offered a piece of cake last week and instead of saying no thanks, I'm on a diet. I just said no thanks because I genuinely didn't want it. And that's a huge piece of progress. The difference between between the difference between saying no thanks, I'm on a diet, and no thanks because you don't want it. When you say no thanks and follow up with I'm on a diet, you're basically saying, Yes, I would love a piece of cake, but I can't. I'm not allowing myself to because I'm being restrictive. Versus saying no thanks because you don't want to. Because it doesn't fit in with your goals at that moment in time. And it's these little realizations and things that crop up along the way that make you, you know, that that's part of the transformation process. So I guess that's what we mean by it's not an overnight thing, right? Your progress throughout the process of trying to change what you're trying to change, improve what you want to improve or become who you want to become. It doesn't happen in, in one overwhelming huge moment. It's lots of little occasions along the way as you gradually start to gravitate away from the person you're trying to become less of towards the person you're trying to become more of. God, that was quite a profound statement. The person you're trying to become less of towards the person you're trying to become more of. I'll need to write that one down. That's a good one. So, yeah, it's not an overnight thing. It takes time. Everything takes time. But the other thing is, it doesn't have an end point. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make. They they get so used to measuring weight loss and dieting as having an end point. There's an end date. There's a a holiday coming up. There's a special occasion. There's a dress to get into. Um, There's a number to see on a scale. There's a big thing coming up like Christmas or whatever it is, right? There's always an end point. There's always some short-term marker of where you of where one thing stops and the other thing starts. Removing that aspect is a huge part of it because there's, it's not a rush. There's no. It's not a race. It's not a sprint. It's probably not even a marathon because even a marathon has an end point. It is an ongoing process that will take a lot of work in the beginning because there's a lot to change and a lot to undo and a lot of new things to learn. But in time, it will still take work. It will just take much less work, right? Because in the short term, you're investing in changing quite a lot of things. In the long term, you're investing in the maintenance of those changes and just keeping yourself kind of on the right path. So yeah, it will always take time, always, but it will start to take less time as things go on. I think that is more than enough for one day. One thing I will add though, actually, is about Movember. So for the first time ever, I am taking part in Movember this year. Um, I've always been a bit funny about Movember. 
I've always wanted to do it, but at the same time, it's always been like, so what? You're growing a tash. Like in the past, you know, most of you should know by now that I've done like big walking event things for charity. Um, more recently, doing the West Highland Way in three days for beet eating disorder. So I'm I'm into doing grand challenging things there's nothing no that's that's a lie actually i was gonna say there's nothing challenging about not shaving it's a challenge having this thing stuck to your top lip it's bloody horrible to be perfectly honest um but i'm not just growing a tash for november i am also meditating for 60 minutes a day 30 minutes in the morning 30 minutes at night um to raise awareness for men's mental health. I've been posting a lot about it on my social media. You'll see stuff on there if you really want to know the ins and outs of why I'm doing it. But the point I'm going to make here is, um, for those of you that listen to this today, Monday, Tuesday, on Wednesday. So I got this calendar. Can you hear it? I got this calendar from November and it tells me about various days that are going on. Now there are two match days okay so the first match day has already passed it was on friday the 11th of november a match day is where after 9am anyone that donates 20 pound or more will have that matched by the sponsor of that day so on the 11th it was l'oreal they had a 55000 pound pot once it ran out it ran out but i basically sent out an email to my mailing list and said if you donate at least 20 pounds today it will be matched by L'Oreal and I went from like £220 in donations to £500 because quite a few of those were matched. The pot ran out very quickly but people still kept donating throughout the day and I put them all in a prize draw to win three months of free one-to-one coaching. I'm doing it again because there's another day sponsored by Gillette this time on Wednesday the 23rd. Anyone that donates after 9am on Wednesday the 23rd, £20 or more, it will be matched And again, I've got an email going out um, tomorrow, Tuesday at 9am, just to give people some warning. I'm going to email them again on Wednesday morning to let them know that they can now do it. And same again, all those people that donate and take a screenshot and send it back to me, I'll put them in a draw. Um, And it's open to everyone. If If you're not a member, then you'll become a member for three months. If you're a Clan Monroe member, we'll upgrade your membership. And if you are a an existing Clan Monroe member, then you'll get three months free membership. So I'm I'm pushing the boat out here with the prizes, trying to get people to donate money um, because I'm in a team. And I'm the, the, the leader of my team, my meditation teacher, Cam, he's on nearly like three grand in donations, but it's quite tight between me and the guy in second place. So <laughs> I've set myself a target of a thousand pounds. I'm halfway there. This next match day, God, what a boost you get from these because literally any person that donates, it's like £40 a time because it gets matched. So if you're not already on my mailing list, I would highly recommend doing so. Just go to monroemethod.com and put your details in. That's all you need to do. If you're listening to this after the 23rd, do it anyway. Um, Get on the mailing list because you miss out on a lot of stuff you know, on top of what we talk about in these podcasts and on social media. And if you haven't yet, God, here's another announcement. I don't think anyone knows about this yet. So 
Between now and January, I changed our Clan Monroe membership. God, I should be singing this from the rooftops. Um, so Clan Monroe costs £10 per month. That's our basic entry-level membership. I am going through a phase where I want to build a huge community going into 2023. So I have changed the £10 a month to £10 a year. So a few hundred people listen to these each of these podcast episodes. Um Many of you will not be members. This is your chance to dip your toes into my world. Get in. And it will be a tenner a year forever for as long as you're with us. If you get in now. Um, and the, the reason I'm doing it. Complete transparency. Is that I want you in my world. So you can see the benefits to becoming a one-to-one group coaching member. Or maybe one day you'll become a private coaching member. But this is your chance to dip your toes in my world for less than a pound a month. And just get in the community. I want to get a good few hundred people in here. Between now and the new year. Um, Because my co-coach Louise and I. We create so much content. So many daily posts. Live chats etc. And it should just be getting in front of more eyes. So I'm making it easier than ever. To join our community. Not making it free. Because if you make things free. People just do not value it. People would pile in. They would not even look at anything. It would just be a waste of time. It's as good as free. £10 for a year. So, again, you'll you'll be able to do that. Go to MonroeMethod.com. Put your email address in on the next page. And then the next page, memberships, £10 for a year. Just get in to the community. Become a part of it. And once you're in, you're in. You don't miss anything. You see everything. And maybe one day, you will then go on and become... A one-to-one group coaching member and I'll help you personally. Cool, anyway, that's enough for now. Thank you as ever for listening. I hope this has been helpful. I hope it stirred some thoughts um, and got you thinking in a different way. And as ever, I'm always keen to hear your feedback and let, you know, let me know, has this helped? How has it helped? What changes is it going to help you make? Um, just reach out to me, jason at munronutrition.com. And that's me. <laughs> Until next time.